It's nighttime in the coffee shop. Shouts out to all the Latin community. The whole Latin, Espanol, Cebuelo As I receive my gifts. No when the time. Uh, welcome to Thank God I'm Radio, uh, a playoff edition. The not or not inaugural, but the the first uh, playoff edition of the year. Hopefully there will be many many more after this, uh, including a World Series recap. With uh, I think they'll probably lend us the trophy as well, the World Series trophy to to talk about. So good. Um, I'm Sean Newkirk, your host for this evening. Um, I've got Joshua Ward with us. Uh, Josh, how's it going? Good, good, good. good. Savannah resident. Um, yeah. It'll just be the two of us tonight, ladies and gentlemen. There's probably more gentlemen than ladies listening to this, but uh, we're you know we're open. We're an equal opportunity uh, podcast here. So um, we don't have a lot on the docket tonight. Really, things will get warmed up as the playoff series begins, but uh, we just wanted to give kind of a primer to uh, – the ALDS coming up here against the Astros. Uh, Josh, did you catch the game last night? I know you're usually pretty busy uh, before you know seven, eight o'clock your time. Uh, I did not. Did you know who won? Yeah, I know that Houston won. Exactly. So Houston uh, were the winners. Uh, beat the Yankees. I think it was uh, pretty handy. Three series. Yeah. Um, I would rather have faced. The Yankees and the Astros. Um, yes. In a, sounds like you're in agreement there with me. Yeah. I I was talking with um, a friend of mine on Twitter um, about the Yankees are probably the worst team in the playoffs this year between American League and National League um, in terms of their talent level. Mm-hmm. It's just not very – it's not very high. Um. I'm actually I'm more surprised that they were able to make it into the playoffs than I was right. about the Royals beating my win projection by like ten or twelve this oh, year. Yeah. So um, simply because it's a really old team and they have a few things going for them, and you know they've got money just lying around waiting to get spent on people. Um, but in terms of actual overall talent level, I mean, I think it goes Yankees, Rangers. And it's probably a toss-up, I guess, between um, Houston and... Uh, why is it escaping me right now? Toronto? No, sorry, sorry. Yankees, Rangers, Astros, Blue Jays, Royals. That's descending. Right or ascending on that Royals are the best talent level. You think? Uh, yeah. Okay. Top to bottom. Top to bottom. Like, right. From in, including all twenty-five players. Right. Right. And, and, and uh, so the so the Yankees. I mean, the Blue the Jays obviously have a better offense. Yeah. Um, but I think the Royals have better pitching and a better bullpen. So. Would you rather have who's better? Do you think uh, Batanzas Miller or we'll say? Davis Herrera, just to be realistic. It usually should be Holland Davis, but let's rule out Holland and just say Davis Herrera. I would probably have to go with Davis Herrera. Yeah. Uh, Wade Davis is <laughs> historically good. Yeah. 
like the last two seasons that he's had as a reliever um, by ERA plus, he is the only pitcher to put up an ERA plus of three ninety or higher twice. It's pretty good, <laughs> and, like in the history of baseball. Yeah. So it's, and obviously one hundred is average. Yeah. And his ERA plus this year was four hundred and forty-four. So, yeah, he's 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 pretty good. Yeah, and it's um, it's, it's and not Herrera. I think Herrera is probably worse than Miller. He, yes, I agree. But I think Davis and Herrera is better than Betances Miller. Sure, Davis makes up for some of the the the, the bad. Well, not that Herrera is bad, but any lack on Herrera compared to Miller. Davis Herrera's not. That. I mean, Herrera is obviously still really good. Yeah, he's just not. He's not in the same category as those other two guys. Right. And Wade Davis is in an entirely team. new category above that. I mean, he's he's in the Craig Kimbrell stratosphere. Yeah, of, Chapman Kimbrell you know, two, two years ago. Yeah, or the Aroldis Chapman category. Yeah. Um. But neither of them have been able to produce the same kind of seasons that Wade Davis has managed. So yeah, Davis's ERA minus this year was twenty three. So he was what is that seventy seven percent better yeah. than league average, which is yeah. insane. Um, it's it's pretty ridiculous. He's he's very good, and it, if if there's an argument for the Will Myers trade, uh, win or loss, I think it. I, I think Davis. I mean, really, Davis has overcome. Shields essentially. He's. I mean, at this point, not that Shields didn't have any value, but I, th- right. I think you could almost say that Davis for Myers at this point. Uh, if you would have known what Davis would have done, I mean, yeah, that might make sense at least. Well, it also helps that Will Myers is on his yeah. third team yeah. in three seasons with injuries to boots. So with injuries all over the place now. Injuries are unpredictable. I mean, it's really hard to say, well, he's probably going to be injured someday. Yeah. But considering he hasn't had a lot of, you know, a tremendous amount of success. I know he won the, you know, American League Rookie of the Year. No, he didn't. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I don't know why I thought he didn't. Trust yourself. You've got it. Right. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, since then, he hasn't really produced anything. Yeah, and he, I mean, if you go if you go straight on a value perspective, James Shields is worth more wins above replacement um, than Wade Davis has been, but it's pretty close. And right. Wade Davis is probably going to pass him next season. Right, and relievers are always going to be under uh, undervalued, you know, right. compared just, to starters, just because of the number of innings. That exactly. They, right. Right. Um, yeah, and I, man. That those three team options. Thank thank you, uh, Andrew Friedman, for yeah. a, c- a couple of those team options there. You just wanted to tack on the end, man. I that's well, that's 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 the whole point of the trade there. Um, right. Okay. So speaking a little bit of ro- Royals there. How about that roster? Uh, Ned said it'd be out. We're recording this on Wednesday, uh, so any listeners, this obviously is not live when you listen to this. So we have no idea what the roster is going to look like, but. Because we're smart and capable people, we're going to take a guess um, as much as we can. 
They said Ned Ted Ross will be out by tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. Tonight has come, and it is not out yet. Um, right. My actually, yeah. I thought that they were. I thought that they were waiting to see who they were playing first. I think Ned specifically said but, he wasn't. Yeah, right. Uh, I know he's. I know he said that. Yeah, true. But, I mean, there's still a little bit. I mean, obviously, they don't have have to have put it out. Yeah. Or anything, but yeah, uh, it is approaching the time that it probably. Yeah. And it'd be great to know should. it, but we can but, make. I mean, we can narrow down twenty, twenty-two of the twenty-five spots pretty easily there. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. My, uh, we'll get the first nine out of the way. I mean, we know Hosmer Mustakis. Um, looking yeah. at outfielders, which is probably going to be the biggest question mark, at least overall. Um, maybe if they carry a long a long band, but the main question is going to be. Who's there in the outfield? We can knock off Gordon, Kane, um, and, of course, I'm missing somebody. Oh, Dyson. Um, right. Really comes down to, you know, what is it, Orlando? Rios, Rios Orlando. Gomes. And go Gore. And, and go- Gore. And yeah, Gomes. right. So four. So four spots for probably two spots. Four players for probably two, maybe three spots, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I'm trying to remember how they... Last year, they carried five. Yeah, they had a bunch last outfielders. year. Um, so, that they've got some room. Mainly because they usually knock off... One, they get rid of a starter. Yeah. Two, they usually knock off one bullpen guy. And, and so, it gives them a little more flexibility in terms of their bench. Um, but going around the diamond, I mean, the obvious... Salvador Perez, Eric Hosmer, Ben Zobrist, Alcides Escobar, Mike Moustakas, Alex Gordon, Lorenzo Cain, and then right field's really where the question mark is. Um, I can't imagine them leaving Terrence Gore off yeah. because of what happened last year. That'd be very surprising. However, Paulo Orlando is also very fast and is likely a better hitter, although he's not, you know... Great, yeah, or good, even good. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. um, even average. but he's likely a better hitter, oh, yeah, than Gore, than Gore, yeah, right. certainly. And I don't know how the defense would rate out. Um, I've never seen Terrence Gore play defense. Paul Orlando seems okay. I mean, I would peg him as above average, average to above average, yeah, defensively, so, yeah. uh, but yeah. If they want a right-handed bat to face lefties, it's Johnny Gomes. If they want to platoon Dyson and Rios, that w- would be an option. Or if they just want legs off the bench and maybe a defensive replacement, it would be Terrence Gore or Paulo Orlando. So, I'm not sure. I'm would not you, sure. Would They're, you put it past Ned to have all five? Oh, I mean six. Yeah, I mean have all the yeah. Gomes, right. Rios, Orlando, Gore, Kane, and Gordon. Yes, everybody. I mean the full outfield suite. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't put it past him. I think it it causes a problem, obviously in terms of infield. But yeah. if they carry, say Christian Cologne, who can play, presumably can play second, third, and short. Um, then that gives them a little more flexibility in terms of carrying six outfielders uh, because then you have Salvador Perez and Drew Butera 
is going to be yeah. the backup catcher. Sadly. Right. Uh, so that's, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, plus six outfielders would be 12. So, and then Cologne would make it 13. Mm-hmm. So then you have four starters, and yep. then we use... 17, what would that be, 13? Yeah, 17, so we'd have, right. what, eight eight pitchers left? Right. And I, I don't think they're going to have eight pitchers. So, yeah, I, I think it's possible. Oh, I forgot Kendrick's Morales. Okay. So that'd be seven, seven pitchers. relievers, basically. I think... That, that, that is actually probably kind of likely. I don't know who they would consider as another backup infielder. Chesler Cuthbert? Who's basically Christian Cologne? Yeah. So well, I don't I don't know who they would consider. They carried Nix. I mean, they, they you know, he'll find yeah, some room for they guys. Did so they did carry Jason. You know what? I th- I think they carried a ton of outfielders if I recall from last year cuz we know Dyson Gore, um, Willingham, I think was technically, I don't know if he was an outfielder, as they called it, but he was basically an outfielder. First spot. base DH outfield. Yeah, so. Aoki, uh, uh, Kane, Dyson, Gordon, Gore, Willingham. So six, so yes. Yeah. So they're likely to probably carry Orlando. Uh, yeah. And they'll, they'll probably, I mean, they'll probably carry Gore and go. Oh, yeah, I'd imagine. So, yeah, they'll probably carry all those guys. And then you have the four, you know, starting pitchers, which is Ventura, Cueto, Volquez, probably Medlin. Yeah, I'd imagine. Uh, and then I'm Chris Young will be on the team. Yeah, he might count as one of the relievers, right? Know, technically. And then you have Madsen, Herrera, and Davis. <clears throat> so well, that's yep. four of your seven outfield or four of your seven relief pitchers. And then you figure Franklin Morales. And Danny Duffy. Right. The two lefties. Right. And then... O'Chaver? Yeah. Franklin Morales? We count him Morales. He's good. Ah. He's on the list. Okay. So it's really... Yeah. It's, I mean, so, it's Michael Marriott, uh, Luke O'Chaver. I'm just thinking of the guys who are still in the 40. Right. Maybe Miguel Amante. I don't know. He's up... I mean, he's on the 40. I don't think it'll be Coleman, and I'm looking over the list. I think they would... If for nothing other than sentiment, I think they would put Hochaver on sure. ahead of Amante. Just because, you know, Hochaver got hurt last year. He wasn't available. Um, but obviously the front office yeah. likes him a lot. I mean, they gave him $10 million to come back from right. Tommy John surgery. So. Um. Guthrie though, Guthrie's a no a, a no go, right? Completely off the roster, you'd imagine. I would I would hope so. Guthrie would be a no for me. Yeah, and I hope that he's a no. Agreed. For the Royals, because in terms of pitching, with Holland injured, although the bullpen is still very strong, it's not yeah as long as it used to be. Yeah. Uh, and Jeremy Guthrie doesn't provide anything that Danny Duffy or Chris Young right. don't do better. Right. And unless so, unless Ned's expected some fifteen to nothing games where he needs just somebody to, you know, kill some innings, then yeah, I'm with you. There's no reason for Guthrie on that team. Yeah. Especially if you've got young. I mean, I think it's younger Guthrie, there's no reason to have both. Yeah, and I I mean 
if we look big picture, Guthrie's gone after this yep. October. Chris Young is probably gone. I'd but imagine. I think the Royals are going to take a shot at bringing him back. Just, I mean, yeah. you know. But I've also, I've kind of been speculating over the last couple of weeks that if the Royals make a deep run in the playoffs or, you know, if they end up winning all of it, uh, Chris Young strikes me as the kind of guy who would retire hmm. after that point. Sure. You know, 36, just won the World Series. Yeah. He's made an absurd amount of money <laughs> considering his uh, yeah. performance over his career. I forget what it was. It was like 36 or $63 million or something like that. I want to say it was 36. Uh, let's see. And Madsen is also – just talking about guys. Pitcher's gone. Madsen, yeah, guy, guys who will probably at least try to be re-signed next year. Madsen would be a um, I mean, he's made – Padres were two million, two and a half, four and a half, six and a half. So right. that's, I mean, that's twelve. So that's that's 14, thirteen and a half. Yeah, thirteen and a half million right there. Before and then, I, mean, I want to say his next deal was like fourteen for four, or something like that. No, I think he went. He was. You know what? I think it. Unless it's yeah, it's missing. I don't know if it's missing it, but it's got. I mean, Padres for right. what five years, and then a million dollars to the Mets. Right. Uh, Million two to Mariners and six seventy five to us. So he base, baseball reference says he's at eighteen and a half million. You know for his career, gotcha. which so pretty, call it call it twenty million. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know what he made in arbitration. Right, and some minor league deals. I'm sure he's had. Right, um, so that's missing. So yeah, that's pretty nice. It, and as you know, as a thirty six year old, yeah, who's had. Arguably the best season of his career. Yeah. If he wins a World Series, he's probably probably going to hang him up. Yeah. If if Mark Tian can buy a wine a wine company, which he just did, I was reading about. I think Chris yeah. Young can retire. I I think Chris Young has had a little better career than Mark Tian has. I'd imagine, as yeah. far as money wise and performance wise, probably there too. Yes, but. Uh, so yeah, that's that's probably the roster. Position players: Perez, Butera, Hosmer, Morales, Zobrist, Escobar, Mustakis, Cologne, backup infielder, Gordon, Kane, Rios, Dyson, Orlando. One of Gomes or Gore? Yeah, I, I think it's both. I think it'll end up being both. Is my my thought. Okay. Uh, which puts you at 2, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 11. That'd be 14 or 15 position players. 14, I think it is. So then, starting rotation, Ventura, Cueto, Volquez, mm-hmm. Medlin, Chris Young, Ryan Matson, Kelvin Herrera, Wade Davis, <laughs> Danny Duffy, those are the f- four sures, the fur sures, the hashtag fur sures. Yeah. And then it basically comes down to Lou Cochaver, Franklin Morales, whether or not they feel like Jeremy Gr- Guthrie's veteran presence will give them a boost. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, 
the roster's probably pretty... We can make a pretty good yeah. guess about, you know, what it's going to be. Hey, but but uh, Infante, he's... I, I know he has oblique. Is he done? I, it seems like... Do they say that they're not going to carry him at all? You figured Ned loves his defensive replacements. What I have been hearing is that he is out. Yes, I would hope so. Permanently. Oh, like, perma- oh okay. Not, well, I, I say permanently. If Cologne and Zobrist and Cuthbert all got injured, yes, then Infante could probably be reactivated. But from, okay. what, I, from what I hear... Infante is kind of like the third or fourth guy on the pecking order right I would now. What do you think that means for... And I was thinking you were meaning next year and the year after. Do you think he still is a Royal come this offseason? Or, you know, uh, April? Um, yeah, just year? because I don't think you'll be able to move him. It's the kind of trade that Dayton Moore has never made. Sure. So I don't know if he's capable of doing it. Right, okay. I don't know if you. I don't know if he can dump what I believe is $17 million in salary for, you know, whatever a team is willing to give up. Yeah. A box of balls, basically. Sure. The, I mean, the Yankees, I mean, would be, uh, just off the top of my head, they have the money and need a second baseman, but I I still don't think right. they'll be interested. I mean. Yeah. Uh, so it's the kind of trade where the Royals would probably have to eat salary. Yeah. To get rid of them. And that's not a deal that they've made yeah. in my lifetime that I can remember, anyway. So, I mean, I think if, if I had to make a guess, I would say that Infante is starting at second base next year, unless the team resigns bids over us. But... Even if they do that, and if they don't re-sign Gordon, then Zobris is probably in left. Yeah, and Infante's at second. Yeah, agreed. So it's kind of a kind of a question that has a lot of different avenues, and it's all about what happens this offseason. But if an opportunity arises, even if you know, even if the Royals have to lose value in Infante, we'll take a trade, right? I would. Yeah. I mean, at this point, if they. I don't. I don't even know who or what would be available at second base. Yeah. Outside of you know Ben Zobrist, but he's going to be expensive. Um. I honestly would just roll with Christian Cologne. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Give him an an off season and a spring training to get comfortable with Escobar at second, and then you know just roll with it and see what happens because it can't be any worse. Yeah. Because what it was this season was, by weighted runs created plus, yes. the worst hitter in baseball. 44. Yeah. 56% below league average. Yes. Worse than Billy Hamilton, and who Billy is a has terrible a tool. hitter. Yeah, and he's actually got a tool that Matt, I mean, he's got, he's doing something good, you know. Right. He plays great defense and can steal a lot of bases. But he is an abhorrent hitter. Yes. And Omar Infante was several percentage points worse than him. So, even if Christian Cologne has a W has a weighted runs created plus of eighty five, that's still a tremendous improvement yeah. over what you're getting 
from Infante. But I have a feeling that they will probably... Hopefully he'll get surgery on whatever's bothering him. His shoulder or his oblique. Because it all kind of seems to be this one nebulous kind of core injury with him. And then they'll probably see what happens next year anyway. That's worth signing worth signing a Dayton Moore tenure? Um with the Royals? I think, I think it I, I don't know. Without knowing the history off the top of my head, I would say it's up there. If not, yes. Yeah. I mean Jose Guillen. That's yeah, he's up. That's what I was thinking. He's somewhere in that Mike Jacobs, Jose Guillen kind of range. Or even the Gilmesh deal. I don't remember if that played out even that well. You know, if that was even that worthwhile, the Gilmesh um, deal. The, you know, fifty five uh, million. Well, they ended up only paying him forty three. Ah, yeah, true. Because he gave them twelve he gave us the mesh money back. Yeah. Um so I think it ended up being a break even thing. Yeah, and he had some he had two basically four win seasons, so yeah, eight wins. I mean, that's worth fifty million alone. Um, yeah, probably I mean, a little more. So, yeah, I I'd, I'd probably would still have to go with Jose Guillen. Okay. One because it was a signing that made no sense. Yeah. Um, who needs a power hitting right hander for twelve million a year when you're only going to win seventy games? Like he's he like he wasn't the difference in anything. Yeah, happening. Um, so it just it didn't it didn't make any sen- sense logistically, and from a team construction standpoint, it made even less sense. And from all accounts, he had a, a terrible attitude in terms of like everybody talks about clubhouse chemistry, which I think. Jose Guillen probably, as much as anything, convinced Dayton Moore that the way, like, your attitude was as important as um, your actual production on the field. Because, uh, by all accounts, he was not pleasant. Yeah. Negative 2.2 wins was his, uh, his main year. Uh I go actually no. So the second year, his sophomore year of the contract was negative two wins, which yeah, negative. Really check bad. out the number of games he played into. Yeah, eighty eighty one games. So so negative two wins in eighty games could be could be negative four on that pace right. basically, which would be historically I think the worst season of all time uh, for a player. So he's yeah. on he's on his way. You know, we so, can say that for him. As I mean, as bad as Omar Infante is, yes. Doesn't really approach Jose Guillen <sighs> re-signing Unieski Betancourt just from a sheer like anger perspective <laughs> was yeah. was probably more frustrating. Um, but yeah, it, I mean it's it's easily in the top four or five. I can't believe we gave twelve million. I forgot it was that or thirty six million over three years. I cannot believe. I man. That's a lot of money to give to that guy who's yeah. who unnecessary, right. you're right, would be the word mm-hmm. to describe it. And he, he was a two-win player in Seattle the previous year. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was a, a budding star. You know, he was 31 years old to begin with. Yeah, that's 
Right. Man. Uh, did you have to cover... Uh, you know, obviously, I wasn't... I think I was... Well, I just was a junior in high school at that time. Were you covering the Royals for, like, Pine Tar at that time, or...? No, I was a... Uh, 2007. See, 2007, I would have been... Okay. <sighs> 21. Oh, okay. In college. So you didn't have to write about that signing. <clears throat> no. I bet no. Craig... I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't start writing about the Royals until... Oh, let's see. Granky won the Cy in 2009, so it would have been probably the end of 2010. Okay. Into 2011 was when I started. And then um, I was only doing fan posts for Royals Review for a couple of years. Yeah. And then uh, Clint Scholes, actually, uh, read one of my articles and... Asked me to start writing for Pine Tower Press, um, and then I met David Lesky uh, and was writing for them for about a year. And then I kind of had a family tragedy happen, so I kind of stopped writing for a few months. Uh, but then I started writing again very briefly, and then Max. Brought me in, so to call up to the big leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which and it really makes you feel bad for Craig, Craig Brown, who had to, and even Rainey. You know, even those Royals writers from, oh man, Dick Cagle uh, from '03 to I don't even right. know. You know, right from yeah, 2004 to oh, 2008, yeah. four to eight, right would have been the um, worst. <laughs> thing to force myself to try and write about. I mean, I mean, that's one of the things, I mean, Will McDonald. Yeah, Will, that's too much. Original, the original Royals Review, now at X Royals Review on Twitter. Um, I mean, that's right around 2000, I want to say 2007 or 2008 was when he started. So he caught the tail end of the terrible years and then even rolled into... 2009, 10, 11, 12, when it just seemed like the Royals were spinning their wheels right, and, tr- and, trying, to, uh, and trying to accomplish anything. Uh, and they weren't getting anywhere. They had a lot of draft picks. Yeah. This best farm system in the history of whatever. Who was it that we had a writer, maybe it was with Royals Review, I don't know. There was somebody that used to be pretty prominent. I loved his Twitter, and then they made the Will Myers trade, and then he just quit Twitter at that moment. Oh, that was uh, who is that? Well, that was uh, his Twitter handle was Broken Bet Single. That's right. Okay. Uh, yeah, BBS, but I don't think he's. Yeah, yeah. I think he he hasn't. Uh, yeah, I don't remember his name. I just remember, I remember his his brief. Uh, period of time at Royals Review. He was only around for a couple of months when Craig uh, and really? Clark uh, came over. He, I mean, he was... I want to say that he flamed out in like five or six weeks. Yeah. Um, he's got 1,600 followers on Twitter. He's following five people, so he's got a great ratio there. Right, yeah. But hasn't tweeted since last October. I mean, it's coming up on a year. I, and 
he gave yeah. up for a while. Now that I can recall, no, I mean he he basically, uh, no, he just he just quit. Yeah, I want to say his name was Nick, Nick Kenny. No, Nick, so, that's the Royals. That's the Royals trainer. Oh, uh, that's the Royals trainer. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be impressive, uh, though, if that was Nick yeah. all this time. So that's he, why he quit. He had written sporadically for a couple of months at Royals Review, and then was, uh, and yeah, and then the um, the Granky trade happened, and I think that's it was the catalyst for him leaving. Right. Does that sound? Does that sound accurate? And, and the Myers trade was the was the oh, straw yeah. that broke yeah. in the back. Nick yeah. Scott was his name. Nick, Nick Scott. Scott. Now that okay. I think of it. So um, yeah, yeah. I think it was. I actually do think it was the the Will Myers trade was the one. Yeah, his final where he basically said that he was done because then he switched. He switched his Twitter logo to a photo of Will Myers right. in a Tampa Bay Rays hat. Right. Despite the fact that he wasn't writing for. A team, yeah. At that point, and he didn't. I think again. So it's kind of funny that his last tweet, December sixth, twenty twelve, which was the night of the trade, or maybe the day after, he says the main takeaway, which has been repeated, is that the Royals believe their customers are idiots, and then nothing just vanishes until right. October of last year, <laughs> right? Where his first tweet is, "Hey." What's going on these days? Just back in the fold when they make the playoffs. So I don't right. know why I thought of that, but that's – you can see what riding from 04 to 08 can do for you. And then, you know, it, it still wasn't even smooth in 11, you know, 10, 11, 12, essentially. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Craig and, and Clark went back to Royals Authority – Oh, would it have been? Who's when I first started? I mean, it, it's when Matt yeah, it would have been over. May of 2014, right? Yeah. yeah so they they were around for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, a little over two and a half years, I want to say. Which was weird because I didn't realize that they were around for that long. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, for some reason, I I always thought that Craig and Clark were had only been around for maybe a year or so. But uh, I was wrong on that. Because then, yeah, Max took over in May, and I think I started in June. Probably. July. I think you and I were around the same time, if not. Maybe I was a little bit later than you, but, I mean, I think I started back there. I think I covered the first draft, which was the 2014 draft there. Uh, Right. So it would have been June of last year. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say it was, uh, I think me and Kevin Ruprecht started at the same time. If it wasn't me and you, it was me and him. Yeah, could have been. It was one, it was one of those two. Because um, I remember I had only been writing officially for Royals Review for like three months when they made the playoffs. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, all right, cool. Uh, we're in. Uh, so, there's a little history of Royals Review for you, everyone. Right, off, off yeah. Topic. So Max has been in charge ever since. Yes, Max so, is awesome. In terms of site system. editor, it went from Will to Craig who is at Royals Authority. Yes. And Clark. Uh, to, we, we can give Clark. And Clark, and Clark Fosler. Fosler. He's great Twitter. I think his Twitter is just Clark Fosler, F-O-S-L-E-R. Uh, uh, C-F-O-S. Yes. Royals A-U-T-H. Yes. Great guy. 
So CFOs, Royals off. And then everybody knows Royals Authority. I mean, don't even don't Craig. Everybody knows Craig's info. National beat writer, basically Craig. Um, right. And perfect. And then Tyler Drennan. Uh, if you're listening to this, I have not. I was just thinking of Tyler Drennan. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Miss Tyler. Yep, we miss him. Uh, so, boys, let me put it this way: uh, Tyler Drennan was writing for his own website called thedoubleday.com, and this is me. Uh, shilling for Tyler Drennan because he is, and I mean this sincerely, he is perhaps the best sports writer that I have ever read. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and I mean that, I mean, if you, I don't know if his website, The Double Day, uh, is still up, um, but the fact that he doesn't write as often He's written a couple of pieces, I think, for Hardball Times. Um, what, the last one that I remember reading of his was about um, uh, artificial implants in pitchers yeah. in the future, um, which is kind of obscure, kind of a weird thing, but uh, it worked so so well, and... His writing style has always just been um, such at such a high level that right. I've always respected him. And he was he is actually who got me started at SB Nation. Um, I started writing for MLB Daily Dish uh, for a few months before I started at Royals Review. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And Tyler Drennan is actually who got me on at Daily Dish after. And this is this is really funny, and I feel so bad for David Lesky, but I was writing at Pine Tar Press and convinced David to bring in Tyler. Tyler shortly after that left for MLB Daily Dish, yeah, and then I followed Tyler over there in a couple of months. Uh, <laughs> so. It was uh, it was good. David's great. Yeah, I don't even think Tyler. He he was on Twitter. I know he was on Twitter at one point, but I have no he idea still is. where yeah, his, he he's just not at uh, Tyler Drennan. Anymore. Yeah, it's what it used to be. So, it used to be based balls or something close to that. Was his? It actual, still is at B A S T E B A L. Oh, it's B S T. That's right. Ah, there it is. Because Jeff Sullivan is that's who I was thinking of. Based. B A S E D underscore bull, and Tyler Drennan is based. He used to be Ursatz baseball, yeah, or Ursatz bull, which is just fun. Um, but no, he's not. He doesn't. Uh, isn't right as often as I'd like him to. Yeah, that's for sure. Agreed. I was just thinking about how I haven't seen a Drennan piece in a while. With well, Tyler, come back if you're listening to this. We. Yeah. We miss you. You're, Would you're be great. nice. You're great. Um, so let's re-navigate back to the Astros here. <laughs> <All> uh, <right. laughs> um, how about that? The Astros, we kind of said, yeah, we'd rather huh? face the Yankees, but you're writing a little bit on Colin McHugh for what will be tomorrow or today for the people listening. Um, tell us yep. about probably the Astros you know, game one starter, Colin McHugh. What should we know about him? Colin McHugh. Spell his last name first. M C H U G H. There you go. Colin McHug H. 
Um, he is pretty good. He's I mean, he's obviously Houston's second best starter after Dallas Keuchel. Um, he's a three pitch guy. Throws fastball, slider, curveball. Um, he was drafted by the Mets in the 18th round back in 2008. Um, he did not pitch well for the Mets. He had something like a his ERA with the Mets was over nine across 40 innings in two seasons. Well, with the Mets and the Rockies. They actually traded him to the Rockies for Eric Young Jr., which was kind of a my trash for your garbage trade at the time. And then uh, Colorado waived him, and he went to Houston. Uh, And last year he was worth a shade over three wins. Yes. Uh, and this year he was worth almost four. Uh, he's in the top 20 in Major League Baseball in wins above replacement over the last two seasons uh, for pitchers with at least 350 innings anyway. So he's pretty good. Very the, good. Yeah. the good news is, is that he's he doesn't throw a changeup, which is usually what causes Royals hitters most problems. Uh, and he's not left-handed. So all of those things bode well for Kansas City in the matchup. Although he is a, a good pitcher. He wasn't as good this year as he was last year. He was still very good. But yeah. not Last year he was on a great pace, um, but was just limited by innings. Uh, and this year... He's a he forward is, pitcher, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was good. Really? So, um, I don't remember if he's actually faced Kansas City this year or not. I feel like he did. Um, I don't know. But I don't, I don't, uh... He will tomorrow. He will tomorrow. And that we'll is, find... doesn't sound like it's going to be a fun matchup. Um, at least, no. it'll be fun. It'll be entertainment, entertaining. Right. But the outcome... The outcome will be... Who knows? Yeah, it's not not fifty fifty. No, um, I wonder no. if Fangraphs has their. No, they don't. I was thinking maybe they might have their uh, their odds up yet, but now probably not till tomorrow afternoon. Um, yeah, those usually don't go up until the morning. But I'd imagine Worlds will probably start out at about just basic before you even add any lineups. I don't know. You get the fifty five percent automatically for being the home field advantage, basically. But then you've got Ventura against McHugh, and I mean, right? You know, it's not. It's, it doesn't seem accurate to say, but based on wins above replacement, McHugh is double the pitcher essentially that Ventura is. And I know that, like I said, it's kind of crude to say, but based on that, I, you know, I think Ventura is what a two-win pitcher or so, while McHugh's almost four. So, um, yeah, I mean, by by baseball references, wins above replacement. Your daughter Ventura was one point nine. Yeah, so. he's two seven based on Fangraphs war. So I didn't realize that. So he, it's not quite as exaggerated as I was thinking. Right. So um, he's, but McHugh's the better pitcher. I mean, it, basically, when it comes well, to well, McHugh had the better season. Yes. I I would put Ventura's talent agreed above Colin McHugh, but yeah. the odds of him consistently. 
you know, pitching up to his talent level is is not as as high. He's a volatile guy, and and not just like from an attitude standpoint, which clearly he's been working on over the last you know two months or so. Yeah. Um. But just in terms of results, he's also going to be a little volatile. I don't remember who the. Uh, who the Astros game three pitcher was, or game two pitcher? Um, it, what's it? It'll be what McCullers or maybe Casimir? Actually, probably it's Casimir. Yeah. Based on maybe not talent level, based on that you know. Yeah. Uh, experience, you know. Hey, he's our number two guy, our number three guy. So yeah, it'll be Casimir. Right. Who, so then, who, and then Keiko will be game three. Yep. And then I think probably McCullers. Um, For game four. Yeah. Yeah, McCullers is very good. He's a three-one pitcher himself. So yeah, the Astros have pretty, uh, pretty good pitching. Um, yeah, yeah, they do. And uh, the the one thing about Hugh is that their offense can just disappear. Yeah, sure. For games at a time, when their offense isn't missing, they're pretty good. Particularly if they're hitting. If if they manage to get the ball out of the yard, um, then their offense can really get on a roll. Which is one of the reasons why home field for Kansas City, it only matters for Game 5 if it gets to Game 5. Um, but that's one of the reasons why it was somewhat important, particularly for this postseason because all of the other teams in the playoffs, Houston, Texas, Toronto, and New York before they were eliminated, all have ballparks that play to their offense and don't play to Kansas City's style. Yeah. So. They're a very fly ball hitting team, which is something I'll cover tomorrow in my article. Um, yeah. And fly balls usually go for outs at Kauffman Stadium, which is kind of mm-hmm. nice. Um, right. Particularly with the defense that they have. Yeah, yeah. And there's going to be a lot tomorrow. Uh, people listening, listeners here, just to kind of side topic. We're going to have a piece on Colin McHugh tomorrow. We'll have my How to Beat the Astros, uh, the Royals postseason roster. We'll have a series preview, um, an open thread, a How Are You Going to Watch the Game thread. We've got a lot going on tomorrow. Um, so RoyalsReview.com, of course, is going to be. And my dog is freaking out for some reason right now. I don't know why. <laughs> Anyways, uh, there's going to be a lot tomorrow if you do want to uh, look at the site, of course. Um, is that the is that the gist of McHugh? Good pitcher? Uh, yeah. Might not Good have pitcher, fastball, slider, curveball. Yeah. Um, he doesn't throw his fastball as often as most pitchers do. He uh, mixes in a cutter. About 10% of the time. So he only throws a fastball about 40% of the time, though. So he incorporates slider, curveball a lot more than uh, other pitchers do. He's kind of... I mean, Irvin Santana was basically fastball slider. through, But even he was something... I want to say something in the neighborhood of 55 or 60% fastball. But Colin McHugh throws slider curveball almost half the time. Oh, okay. Huh. 
Yeah. And they've so, got Fires. I'm sorry, Mike Fires is the other guy that I was uh, thinking from their team. Yeah. So they've actually got, I mean... McCullers is probably the odd man out. Yeah. He's probably their um, long guy. Which is crazy because McCullers in 125 innings this year was a three-win pitcher. I mean, that's... He's yeah. basically... A, he's as good as McHugh if you stretch it over 200 yeah. innings. So, yeah, these are all reasons why it would have been nice if the Yankees won yesterday. Yes, exactly. Agreed there. And... Yeah. Um, a piece we had earlier out today, I believe, was that the Royals went two or two and four against the Astros um, this mm-hmm. year, which, you know, there's some maybe not predictive value. I mean, it wasn't great to lose yeah. against them, but that's not necessarily a concern. True. You would imagine they right? got swept early, yeah, and then in the second series they won two of three by beating Scott Casimir and Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, um, I think it was actually Keuchel's worst start of the year. I want to say he gave up. Five or six earned runs in a game. That would probably, I mean, how good he was this year, that would probably. And I think it was Kazmir's debut with Houston. Yeah, Keiko gave up, yeah, five and six, five runs and six innings. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, at, at Kaufman. But he'll so, be playing at at, at uh, Mixed results. Week. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we also made some predictions on the site uh, yesterday. Well, t- today, but technically what will be yesterday um, when this post. Josh, you are the only person to pick Texas. What up with that? What up with that? What's your, um, why? Why would you do that? Why Texas? Yes. Um, I mean, they're basically my neighbor at this point. True. So you felt pure pressure. Toronto is so far away from me. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, Texas has, I don't know, I don't really know how to describe it. It's more of a, a hunch or a feeling than it is really, you know, diving into numbers and looking at matchups sure. and, and perceiving which team is actually better. Um, I, I like the way the Rangers are constructed outside of some bullpen issues. Um, and I think Toronto, like Houston, uh, their offense, despite the fact that it's prolific and one of you know one of the best offenses in baseball, um, also like Houston's has a tendency to disappear for games at a time which isn't to say that Texas is very you know good or even great offensively um, they've got their issues but uh, one of the things that they do have is defense at least a modicum of defense uh, Toronto has a surprisingly high lack of of defense, um, and I think in short series, when converting balls in play into outs is one of the most crucial things that can happen. Sure, uh, defensive teams have a tendency to perform better uh, in those series. So it's kind of kind of a far out there kind of guess, but uh, that's my general rationale for it. Is I don't think they're. I don't think their offense is as bad um, as people are making it out to be. Texas, I think they, 
Texas is? Yeah. I, I think they really picked it up over the second half of this season. Um, and I think Toronto's offense is, is too streaky. And I don't think they have the defense to really back it up if their offense doesn't show up, you know, for three games. And the Rangers have the one guy that absolutely everybody's a fan of and Adrian Beltre. It's impossible to root against Adrian Beltre, I think at least. Yeah. I mean, Adrian Beltre is also basically one good, not even great or stellar, but just one good postseason performance away from securing his place in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, he's phenomenal. Like he's, he's just a phenomenal player, and yeah. he's fun. Um, if you have a few minutes, I would encourage everybody to go to MLB.com and look up uh, Adrian Beltre and Felix Hernandez videos and see the two of them joking and jiving with each other. Um, when they play each other, it's uh, pretty amazing. Are you side note? Are you watching this Cubs Pirates game right now? Particularly? Yeah, it's uh, how about that chaos? Yeah, they. Uh, if you want to timestamp this, listeners, uh, yep. they just being <laughs> now they're fighting. They just beamed Arietta. Madden let Arietta Arietta pit bat uh, mm-hmm. in the seventh inning with two outs, and of course they yep. just beamed him, which. Because Arietta has hit two pirates. Yes. At least two. I may have missed one. Got him right on the elbow. And now Garrett Cole wants to fight, it looks like. Right. Uh, baseball. You know, there's... there's uh, I, I, wrote, I wrote 900 words I about this nonsense. Yes. Already. Never going year, away. So. Never will go away. Uh, no. It's probably. Sad. Um... I chose Houston over the Royals. Um, yeah, well, is that insane? No, it's not insane. I, it's not insane. I mean, they're. I don't. I think the series at this point is, at best, fifty-five forty-five. KC, you think? Yeah. Okay. If only for having one home field advantage. But I think the more important thing is getting to play the first two games at home, and then on top of that, the fact that Houston had to burn yeah. Dallas Keuchel already. Right. So it might be sixty forty, but it's no, it's not much better than a coin flip at this point. And that's the thing about you know playoff baseball in general is that it's just that's what it is. I mean, making the playoffs is. Basically, an educated guess lottery ticket. Yeah. Where you're trying to guess five numbers, and maybe you've been given one and have a hint as to what two of the other four are. But outside of that, you're you're really just hoping that the pitching is good, that the hitting doesn't go away, you know, that... Nobody gets hurt. <laughs> like there's, there's just so many things that can happen yeah. in a short series, and we, I mean, we see it all the time. I mean, obviously the Royals struggled in September, but it was just the pitching, really. I mean, the offense was still scoring almost five runs a game, but 
Oh, sorry. The the live feed from Chicago was just showing a guy flipping off the television. Flagrantly. So, like, yeah, and didn't and didn't cut move away yeah, from it because yeah. I guess they just didn't notice. Yeah, but, I mean, two very bold birds, uh, you know, hanging out right. there. Yeah, uh, and uh, it and for those who yeah, are, I did. Pick, yeah. I also picked Pittsburgh to win this game. I actually picked Pittsburgh to go to the World Series. Yeah, so that might. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. You're a few innings away from that going away. Yeah, and if that doesn't happen, I would actually just substitute the Cubs for all of my for all of my picks, basically. Because I if I thought whoever wins this wild card game is probably going to play in the World Series this year from the National League. You you've got editing privileges on the site. You could just go in and edit that. I could. Well, it's in a table though. Oh, that eludes you. That's yeah. the uh, yeah. Max put it into a table because he's a Jew. Damn it, Max! I love when people like it. right now. For those of you watching or recapping this game, Sean Rodriguez, the most irrelevant player on Pittsburgh, probably the worst player on the Pittsburgh team. Um, magnificent hair. Magnificent hair. But a guy who hasn't been good in several years, um, at, I'd say at least three or four years, mm-hmm. is the most mad in this whole game right now. Well, and I think part of it is that he understands that he's the most expendable player on the team. <laughs> so if he gets so, thrown out, well. Right. <laughs> so he's like, uh, you know how hockey teams have like that designated yeah. like brute squad player? The uh, the. Not the gooner. I can't. The jobber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goon. I think is the goon. Team. Yes, yes, yeah. the goon. That's right. Uh, I think that's Sean Rodriguez's role. Yes. In this particular instance, <laughs> it's um, not Mike Trout out there, you know, getting in fights. It's, it's, no, it's no, it's not. Sean Rodriguez with his yeah. headband and his long hair. He's great. Yeah. We were just he complaining looks, about. He looks to be a soccer player. Agreed. Like, that's. That's the only way that I can really describe how he looks, is that he's That's the good play- testosterone in baseball. We always, yeah. you know, seeing that, that's something that just makes baseball the, the best sport on earth. Um, okay. That, yeah. He just got kicked. Did he just get kicked out? Okay. I thought I, I kind of looked away. Uh, well, good. Well, this was a podcast, everyone. Successful, successful or not, uh, mm-hmm. it's up to you. Um, Josh, anything we missed? Anything you want to cover? Before we uh, get this series going, um, bold predictions. I think Royals will probably win the Houston series in four. Okay. I, th- I think it goes to. Fi- I think it comes back here for Game Five. Yeah, I think they split in KC, split in Houston. Uh, so I'll go. I'll go. Actually, I'll go. Royals, Astros, Astros, Royals, Astros. This be my the way it goes out. Gotcha. Yeah, that's my guess. I am going Royals, Royals, Astros, Royals. Okay, so quick, pretty quick and decisive. They don't even get the book the flight back to Kansas City from Houston for the game there. No, and I think the Royals will sweep Texas in the ALCS. Are you going to feel good? Does it feel good to beat the Astros? I like the Astros. I mean, sure. I, I like them too. I mean, yeah. Jeff Luno has yeah. been kind of a he's been kind of a pet project for the better part of two years in terms of what he's doing, how he's doing it, 
you know, the way that their team is constructed and how they're going about it. Um, I mean, in, in terms of, of teams that I follow closely outside of Kansas City, Houston is probably next. Although I do follow Seattle quite a bit, just because I grew up with Griffey. Um, uh, I used to follow Oakland until last year. Really, until April of this year, when Brett Lowry was a douchebag. Yeah. Uh, and the Mets. I like the Mets, if only because they are just always so very not good, despite having tens of millions of dollars at their disposable mm-hmm. at, at any given time. Uh, the Washington Nationals are always a good follow, have been for a while, always continuously collapsing for no reason. Yeah, I like the Braves. Braves are Braves and the Cubs are my other teams, my NL teams at least there. And you get the we are you're not we established this, you're not near Atlanta or not that close to Atlanta at least. Uh it's about four hours. Yeah. So Atlanta's in western Georgia and I'm in the northeast corner. Right, right. Good. So Okay. Atlanta's about an hour away from Alabama. So. Uh, there's another dog. Um on that note, let me go ring these guys up. Uh, we're going to have plenty more podcasts, I'd imagine. Yeah. Um, probably a recap after the series. Um, right. Maybe one before they go on the travel day. Maybe not, but we'll see. Um, but definitely one after the series, win or lose. And then hopefully we'll do many more podcasts uh, for the next couple weeks as the Royals continue to, to uh, prove me wrong and win games. Right. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Rosary Radio, everybody, thanks for listening. Um, follow Josh on Twitter at Josh K. Josh, what's your Twitter? J underscore yes. K underscore day W A R D. Ward. J underscore K underscore W A R D. Yes. And I'm Sean Newkirk. Uh, Sean, S H A U N C U R E. Again, Thank you very much for listening. Uh, We will see you soon. Have a uh, many, many good days. Thanks.